This is Abnormal Entertainment. Daniel G. Garza, and this is another episode of Put Together Conversations. Thank you for joining us. If you are watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, thank you for being part of the show. Remember, you can also be part of the conversation. Once we get started, go ahead and ask your questions, make your comments, and we can see them on the thread, and I'll make sure that my guest sees them and be able to be part of the conversation. Today's guest, I'm excited. Uh, her name is Dr. C. Almond Scott, PhD, and let me tell you a little bit about her. My name is Dr. C. Ahmed Scott, PhD. He's a seasoned show host and media psychologist who successfully evolved to both sides of the camera from years of modeling and acting. A published author of both number one best-selling books and audiobooks, Dr. Scott is also the writer of TV commercials, infomercials, episodics, and how-to daytime TV programs, music videos, and transformative self-help tools. Having an executive hand in launching Go Indie TV and JUL TV Network, and long ago specializing in direct response advertising. She uses her degree in psychology to influence and inspire television viewers. Feeling creatively incomplete, she created Infinite Power, a daytime TV show which she grew from three markets to 186 major networks. Executive producing her show afforded her the opportunity to learn most uh, TV production jobs and successfully syndicate her own show. As a former owner of a production company, she also produces commercials for large worldwide companies. Dr. C. Scott uh, spends half of her time lecturing throughout the world and appearing on television such as such as a media psychologist, as an actress, TV host, a producer. Dr. C. also earned eight tallies, two vision awards, and two Emmy nominations for producing and hosting. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. C. Hi, doctor. How are you doing? Hi, Daniel. Great to be here with you today. Thank you so much for being um as always, I like to tell my my, my viewers, technical TV. There's always some technicality, and the the beauty of I, I think of the lockdowns now is that we're all part of social media, and yet the, even for me, there's always something like I think I'm ready to go, and then something happens. You're like, oh, just before. But I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for being here. I know. Wasn't it more simple when we could just meet face to face and. Everything seemed more organic. Now everything is, we got to get all of our stuff together. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, I like to tell folks how we how we know each other. And I want to start, uh, I know Dr. C because she comes highly recommended uh, by who are, who they're already online right now, Barbie and and, uh, and Ken. So there's there's Barbie right now. Hello, Barbie. Welcome to the show. Uh, Ken and Barbie, uh, I pin uh, international. Who, uh, that's how we connected. We're both alumni now, uh, of the magazine. So if, we, if you folks, I'll put a link at the bottom later for IPN Living. Uh, yes, I'm going to brag a little, but this is me on the cover of last year, right at the beginning of COVID. There I was. And, uh, the issue coming out this spring, uh, you'll be on that issue. How's that? How's that? How was the experience? 
Well, we're just getting started on it right now. So it is exciting. And uh, just a couple months ago, they had their big international summit for IPOM. And I was a keynote speaker. And I think you're maybe still able to even watch that keynote. If you want a whole bunch of ideas about how you can rid yourself of chronic pain, I think that's 45 minutes well spent. And I know Barbie and Ken would love to have you watch it. Yeah. In fact, while they're here, if they're if they're able to read the magazine, of course. Yeah, if they're able to, uh, we appreciate if Barbie or Ken can share the links in the comment section, and we'll share them on here so you guys can catch them on. But um, yes, I, I I I need to watch those. Um, for those of you that don't know Ken and Barbie, we've had Ken on the show before, but we need to bring them back on the show so you guys can get to know them. Uh, now that we're on live stream, uh, but I want to hear about you. Uh, as Barbie said in her comment, you do a lot. You do do a lot. And I think I don't want to take here. Here's the link for you guys. So if you guys can, uh, there's the link. If you go to the threads, you can find the thread, the link there and check it out for yourself. But I want to know about you, doc. Uh, tell us how you put it together. How did I put it together? Well, I think we all sometimes think that we're not totally put together. But the way I put myself together is a three-prong attack. It's body, mind, and spirit. Everything has to be body, mind, and spirit. It can't just be your mind without your body. And it can't just be your spirit without your mind or your body because you're going to come up short. And so um, I did start with a lot of character-building experiences no money. Uh, I pretty much had to build this all myself. So I have a, I have had a really interesting career in television. I still do. I have a show that I'm doing right now called Beauty and Truth. It's on over a hundred, uh, on demand platforms and it's really fun. But, um, about, about two, gosh, 20 years ago, I got my first crack at hosting a network show. And so I did that Monday through Friday morning. It was called Infinite Power. And what Infinite Power is, it's sometimes we start to work with our body and we say, oh, my gosh, I'm getting tired. I think I'm going to give up. But then you say, you know, I can keep going. Your mind backs you up and you keep going. And then sometimes your mind just says, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. I just don't want to do this anymore. I can't take it. And then your spirit says, no, I'm going to carry you across the finish line. You're going to make it. And then you make it. So that to me is what infinite power really is. That and, of course, the creator, which I do believe in the creator. So anyway, I... I was very, I was very blessed and extremely lucky to be in Hollywood and to be able to create such a thing. I kind of came out of modeling than acting, but all these things have to be built. Nothing, you know, I, I mean, unless your, your mother is Gloria Vanderbilt. Okay. Anderson Cooper. Okay. Great. Maybe he's great on TV. Maybe he is. I, you know, but. He got a start from somewhere. A lot of people do. I definitely did not. I came from Chicago and, uh, you know, I was the daughter of a school teacher and my mom was mostly a stay at home mom. And I just had to come up with everything myself. <laughs> and, and as wonderful and as loving as my parents were, they never said, you know what? You can do anything you want to do. 
Never heard that ever. So I had to, I had to keep trying things, testing things and see what I could do and then build up the confidence to move to the East Coast, build up the confidence to move to the West Coast. And it's not, it's not always easy doing that. If no one is really backing you, you really have to find it within yourself and draw on your own spirit to make yourself go. Definitely. I, I agree with that. My, uh, I've shared in other shows, my mom only went to first grade and my dad only went to sixth grade. And I was pretty smart when I was a kid. I don't know what happened, but I was pretty smart when I was a kid and I was always like taking extra classes. And in fourth grade, I was already like in the advanced groups and they didn't know what to do with me. My parents were just like, we don't know how to help you. And, but I think there's a certain batch of us that you kind of go, okay, well, if they can't help me, I've got to do this on my own, right? Well, yes, or, you know, your friends don't often encourage you to leave town and to try something new. That's not something that people always do either. So um, when I when I was in high school, yeah, I was a good student. I really was. I was I was. And it wasn't that hard for me to be a good student, but that's not all you have to be in this life. And so I wanted to get a job. I wanted to make money. And so my first job, I was a tow checker at the local pool. And what my job was is I would sit in the ladies locker room when I was 15 and people would come in and take a shower, and then they would put their toes on a stool in front of me, put their feet up there. And if I thought their feet looked like they had fungus or they weren't clean enough, I would send them back to take a shower or tell them they can't use the pool. Wow. (laughs) So, so I, you know, that was my first job when I was 15. And uh, I really wanted to be a lifeguard. I originally went in there and I said, I passed the lifeguard exam, which was very hard. You know, I, I am quite an athlete, actually, still to this day, and a black belt, and I have a lot of um, a lot of different, uh, you know, I guess achievements in that realm. But but I was a lifeguard, and they said, "Well, you're 15. You're not old enough in this state to be a lifeguard. So this is what we have for you." And I said, "Okay, I'm here. Let's do it." In about two weeks of toe checking, they said, you're a diver, aren't you? And I said, yep, I'm a really, really good diver. They said, can you teach a diving class? I said, yeah, I could. So they gave me a diving class every morning. So I taught kids diving and, you know, interesting diving, you know, somersaults and inwards and all kinds of stuff. And then and then they said, can you teach swimming? I mean, you do have life. It, there's no state law that says you can't teach swimming. So then I booked a couple more classes in the morning. So I had a full morning. And then I did my toe checking in the afternoon and the evening. And then about a month later, one of the lifeguards had to leave their employment. And they said, rather than go out and find a lifeguard, we like you so much. We want you to be our lifeguard. And if we get in trouble, we're going to we'll deal with it. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's so great. I'm so excited. So I, I got my my job. It took a month of toe checking and no glamour. But you know what? Half of life is just showing up. And you've got to show up. It's a big lesson. A lot of people say that's I'm not, you know, that's not for me. I'm not right for that. Or that's not worthy of me. Well, you know what? The universe will find a way. 
to put you where you need to be. But first, you got to show up for the universe. So if you're just going to sit there on your computer and look for jobs or look for opportunities, good luck. I just don't think that that's your best option. Yeah, it's going to work eventually in some way, shape, or form. But I think there's nothing like showing up for life. I think you just show up. And then if, if you're not right for something, the universe will find the perfect place for you. And give it all you've got for Pete's sake. If you want something good, don't hold back, right? Yeah, just that in that story, had you not, had you not accepted just, okay, so I'm going to check people's toes. Had you not done that, it wouldn't have gotten you. And it, it there's a lot of discipline in that kind of a, a job from the, being dedicated to like, okay, I'm going to check toes, but then making it to actually the job that you did want, which was the lifeguard. But it didn't yeah. even take that long. I could have never imagined. I did know when I showed up that I was not old enough to be a lifeguard, but I thought, hey, you know, you just got to show up sometimes and see what happens. And that has served me, you know, once you show up or once you do a good job, you know, I, I ended up getting my foot in the door for modeling. And I I just, every time I did a good job, I would get another job or another two jobs. So that built and built and built until that was my job. And I was very grateful for it. I did finish school. I always used to say when I was a teenager, well, if a bus runs over my face, I'm not going to be a, a model very much longer. I better have, I better have some smarts to go with this. So <laughs> I, I said that and, and you know, I'm, I've advanced decades by now and thank God a bus has not run over my face because that would be extremely inconvenient. But, I would put a mark on it. <laughs> but you know what? I am just so grateful to be me and I just keep trying to evolve, trying to roll with the punches a lot. We This has been a rough last 365 days of rolling with the punches, right? We're all trying to evolve. We're all trying our best right now. If, and if we are, we're going to be okay. So we just have to know that we're going to be okay and that we're divinely guided and directed and protected, and somehow we're going to be okay. But if you give your best, it works. It works. You just have to give your best. Let me remind everybody, you are watching Put It Together Conversations. I'm your host, Andrew Garza, and my guest today is Dr. C. And uh, we are talking about life and uh, being persistent and showing up. And she's sharing our story here with us today. Um, so you're, I figured that your first lesson was showing up and, and, and being the lifeguard and then yeah, but showing up and doing my very best, you know, having attitude. Attitude, sometimes attitude really is everything. So uh, having your backup career psychology, how did that come to be the choice for you? Well, when I was a little kid, hmm, I wanted to be a model. I wanted to be an actress. But I also watched Bob Newhart on TV. And I thought that was really a riot. I I loved all the characters, and I just thought, I really want to be a psychologist. And I don't, I'm not even sure if, I, I mean, things are so different now. By the time you start to go to school for things and you take abnormal psychology and some of the 
prerequisites to get your degree, you start to say, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and so, you know, um, the truth is I didn't finish my PhD in psychology until I was already on TV as a personal trainer and I was already writing articles, giving advice. And, um, you know, the other people in my production company would say things like, you know, you should go win some national titles. That would be good for your credibility. You know, you should write some great articles, you know. And I said, you know, I should get a PhD in psychology. They're like, well, that's a lofty goal. <laughs> so I did, you know, but but um, I, I think it's important that you keep learning. And so, I mean, I could easily be a professional student. I just love to learn. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed my time in school. And, and my goal is to go back. I, I, I was going to be a drug and alcohol counselor. And, but at that time, I didn't go to college till I was in 30. I did uh, trade school when I was young, but I was, I was heavy into drugs and alcohol when I went back to school. I called it research, but it just didn't work out to study that well. So I, one day, I, I know that one day I'm going to go back and, and finish it. Um, I, it seems like you you thrive in disciplined aspects. Like there's the psychology and from going to counseling school. Like I know that it, it takes dedication. There's a lot of study. There's a lot of learning. There's a lot of research. Uh, have you always been that type of energy that likes? Actually, actually, when I finished my uh, bachelor's of science in business administration, I told myself I did not want to read another book for several <laughs> years. I said, I don't want to see a book for several years, you know, and, and I did avoid books for a while, but eventually then I, you know, I moved to the West Coast and I was an actress because I was afraid I was getting to be an old model, which does happen to people. And then that's not a good future. So um, I I just I went and I just said I'm going to see what I can do and it, it actually was not long before I decided I did not like reading the lines that somebody else was writing. I did not feel any self-expression this way, and so I said to myself, "Boy, here I am, and I'm actually not doing badly at this." You know, I had parts on Baywatch and General Hospital and all kinds of stuff. Um, I was even in Pulp Fiction. I don't know. <laughs> wow. and this is life just showing up because I looked at that and I go, Pulp Fiction, that sounds stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Wouldn't you say that too if you <laughs> never heard of it? You didn't know John Travolta and all these great actors were in it. Wouldn't you, you know. But um, anyway, I just said, you know, this isn't really what I want to do. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it in here. And so I went to writing and selling products and doing infomercials for a while. And then the infomercial market was a little bit difficult. And uh, my boss said to me, you know, you got a pretty good idea for a TV show. Do you want to do that? And I, I said, yes. I do want to do that. Obviously it was kind of, it was kind of in my blueprint to do that, to teach people body, mind, and spirit. It was in my blueprint. And so it did work, you know, it was on for four years on CBS, NBC. It was kind of syndicated the way um, Oprah used to syndicate her show. You know, sometimes it's on 
your ABC in this city, but it's on your NBC in another city. So I heard it in three cities and I got it up to 186 American cities. That's pretty cool. I mean, knowing and remind me again, what year was this? Like uh, 96, 97, 98, 99. You know, Daniel, I got to tell you, I'm 82 years old. If anybody believes that, please comment on that. Um, yeah, please comment. You know, I actually said that. I was I, I, I lecture around the world on the brain, and I told I, I had told these people we were on a cruise ship, and uh, and I said, you know, this is my this is my ninety fourth cruise. I think I've been on ninety five. This was not that long ago, maybe two years ago or something. And uh, I said, well, well, I am eighty two. And some people really were like, oh, my God, <laughs> she must really walk her talk. She must really be exercising and doing all this stuff. And she must know a lot to, you know. And then I, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not eating too much. Sorry. I, I was asking about the year, too, because um, 90s, that's kind of when a lot, I mean, there was a lot of talk shows on the market. So to be in 186 markets, that's a pretty good beat. Because I, I remember I, I was a huge talk show host watcher. Um, a lot of like the big names were out there. So to get into that competition, that was pretty awesome. And um, I mean, being in the entertainment business and especially now for me being in a talk show field on social media, it's so difficult. But how did you challenge that? I mean, did you see it as a challenge or... Were you like, I can do this. I, I got this. You know, it was part of a, a lot of spiritual studies kind of led me through my 20s, Daniel. And I I uh, went to LifeSpring and Landmark and, you know, did the forum and, you know, the advanced and then the self-expression and leadership course. And we had to have a project and it, they... they were telling us, please come up with something that is just darn near impossible. Come up with something that is so hard, but something that you really want. And took me a couple of years, not even that long, two, three years. And I did achieve it. Uh, The opportunity presented itself and I was willing to work for it. And of course there was no money at the beginning. Almost everything I do right now, there's no money at the beginning. You have to, you know, you have to promote it and you have to be a good marketer. So if you have good content and if you can really help people, but nobody finds you, that's kind of a disaster because then nobody's served. But yet, on the other hand, you are leaving breadcrumbs for people that may need them and find them. And I think that's important, too. So I think for a lot of people, there have never been so many talk shows. I mean, my gosh, there's so many now. Right. So, you know, I think you just got to get in there, try it out. If you get frustrated, if you don't like it, that's okay. I mean, that's kind of how I felt about General Hospital. I just didn't see the value. And so, I mean, no offense to General Hospital. They're hugely successful, and I'm grateful to General Hospital. But they have the people that they're supposed to have right now. They don't have me. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um Gotcha. Being involved in so many things, some uh, I've been asked because I, I can relate to you in that. I, I like tipping my toes 
in as many ponds as I possibly can. If it's not going to work out, at least I've learned something and I can move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people hold back from, from experiencing things and rejection or just plain fear. Or like we were talking at the beginning, they just, they, nature or nurture holds them back. What, what kind of information, I guess what I'm trying to get to is like, even without the barriers, what was the first message or what was the message in your head that said, hey, see, we got to keep going. Like, we got to keep going. Was there a pep talk you gave yourself? Did somebody give you some I think words so. of wisdom? I think so. I think I really have always been an old soul. And I think that I just really realized that if I occasionally I've just said to myself, if I don't make myself go right now, this I can see where I'm going to end up. And I don't think I'm going to be happy there. So um, let me try to remember a few times that that may have happened. Well, when I left New York, when I was a model, I made the decision one night I was uh, I was in the Trump Taj Mahal and, um, and I was with a bunch of people, you know, that did videos and, um, really I was with a publisher. I was working for a magazine publisher at the time, uh, as a model and we were having a dinner and I just, it just occurred to me that I just needed to end this. And I was, I'm I'm sure nobody at the table, there were probably 12 people at the table, nobody really knew what was going on in my head, but I knew I had to go from New York. And so I just got up in the morning as soon as I got home from New York. Uh, well, that was New Jersey, I guess. So when I got back to Manhattan, I just started packing up. I went down the street, got some boxes packed up, and I literally was out of there. And I never really fit into New York anyway. I was a Chicago person and New York's a lot different now than it was like in the, in the nineties, I guess. And I mean, people were not friendly. Nobody would look you in the eye in New York. If you did look them in the eye, they would think you were crazy. So anybody, if anybody's watching this right now that used to live in New York, they'll go, that's exactly how it is. And like my doorman saw me leaving. And he, and he just said, Oh my gosh, are you leaving? I said, I really need to leave Mario. I remember this guy, you know, it's a long time ago. And I, and he said, this said, you're breaking my heart. He said, you're the nicest person that ever lived in this building. But see, also though, I was from Chicago and I wasn't one of these hard shelled persons. You know, I was always an open person and willing to listen to people and care about people and, I think that helps a lot. You know, we have to make our own way in life. And so we have to listen to people and we have to, and and, and I, I don't think I could be saying this right now at a better time, Daniel. I think in this country, people are thinking that half the people should not be able to speak. And I think it's really important that everybody's able to speak and be heard. I think, I think that everybody has a soul Everybody has a purpose. You know, gosh, if I was stuck in an elevator with somebody, I could talk to them for hours. I don't care who they are. I would want to hear what they have to say. That's just how I am. But 
Yeah. I, I, I totally agree because, I mean, one of the reasons I have this show is because it gave me the opportunity to meet people that I normally would not. Uh, for those of you watching, let me remind everybody, you're watching Putting Together Conversations. I'm your host, Daniel G. Garza, and our guest today is Dr. C, and we're talking about life and trusting yourself and, and doing what, what feels good um, and being nice to people, being nice. Uh, we're about to celebrate uh, nine years with the show this coming February. Yeah. And I'm about to hit 300 episodes. And uh, I tell everybody, the only reason I didn't do a show for a while was because I had cancer. Cancer was the only thing that helped me back from talking to people. But uh, here we are. So we're, we're about to do it. Um, it sounds to me like, like you're, you're very connected to your, my spiritual coaching stuff, uh, your solar chakra, your, your gut feeling, your instincts. Um, like you, you, you've learned to trust yourself and say, this is what I feel is right. Um, right. Where does that come from? That comes from a process that I invented because not always did I trust myself and not always have I made good decisions. And I need to, I need to understand why I did not make good decisions sometimes. And I, what I've ended up doing um, over many, many, many years is seeing what works and what doesn't work. I was single a few times. Okay. This is my third husband that I'm on right now. Okay. And I came up with an entire goddess code for people that wanted to find a committed relationship that they could stay in. First of all, you have to find it. Then you have to stay in it. But if you want it, of course. But I interviewed over 20,000 people. And I don't mean on television. I interviewed, you know, many, many, many hundreds of people. But thousands of people, 20,000 people from the East Coast to the West Coast about their commitments, their marriages, why it worked, why it didn't work. And I came up with a process, okay? And that is the goddess code, okay? You can look it up or you can maybe get a copy someplace. Uh, there was also a podcast for a while. But um, I came up with a process for making decisions. Actually, um, a woman's advocate who I respected quite a bit, her name was Linda Harold. she said to me, why don't you write a book called Seven Rules for Making Decisions? And I said, that sounds so good, I'm going to write it down. And so I wrote this book, and then um, just a year ago, I revised this book, and I added the beginning of the book, which tells us why our brains make bad decisions. All the crazy cognitive biases that we suffer with as humans, and why do we do them, and what can we do about it? So the beginning of the book is that. And then the whole middle is my decision-making process. And only one of those seven things is intuition, okay? But you have to know if you're hearing your intuition or you're hearing your ego or you're justifying. And my book really does sort that out for you so you can really get in there, clean the crap out. Because a lot of times we're looking at things with so many filters that we just have no idea how to make a decision. We can't see clearly enough. So I've made it simple. Here's your seven things. You got your question. Just take it to the book. 
And uh, I think my book is up here on the shelf. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's it's called Decide Your Future, Write, Direct, and Star in Your Life. And it's I don't think there are any copies for sale that are used because I think when people get the copy, they say, this is my reference for life. And I'm going to continue to use this and make good decisions. But you really can't make a bad decision for yourself by using that. Because if you used my book and I did, and we were asking the same question, you would get a different answer because you'd be answering everything from here on you. And I'd be using my own blueprint to answer those questions. So we come up with different answers, but they'd both be perfect. Well, I'm definitely going to look it up because I, especially in the field that I work in, trusting your answers, trusting your your responses and separating the ego, like you said, separate. Oh, my God. So the, the ego can be. Uh, it's That's a oh um, so Do you think that decision making has gotten more difficult now with like the, the influence that social media has on us and, and young. I, I see ego rearing its ugly head like never before, but people used to think differently. Now the number one job people want is to be on YouTube. You know, I think ego has really risen to a level that's out of control. And I think a lot of people will miss out on their true purpose because they're chasing something that maybe is not even in their blueprint. I think people want to be famous more than they want to do something great. I mean, for me, if you said, would you rather be famous or would you rather cure cancer? I'd rather cure cancer, but most people would rather be famous. And so that's what's going on right now. And people need to really think like an old soul. They need to turn within themselves and really see what they haven't been seeing so that they find their true happiness. And so they find their path because your life path is so important. It's just, it's just almost everything. It, it's going to decide whether you're going to be happy as a person and it's going to, allow you to get through rough times in life. You know, like I said, I've been through two divorces. Currently I'm married to somebody for almost 18 years. Well, congratulations. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happily married. I put my principles to work, of course. And if you don't have principles, if you're going to flounder on your principles and flip flop on them, sorry, that is one of my, one of my rules. You got to have principles and you got to adhere to those principles. Or else, or else you are going to go sideways. You are going to go backwards. My process takes people forwards. You want to always take a step forwards. You don't want to go sideways. You don't want to go backwards. You want to go forwards. And if you're, if you're not being true to yourself, how do you know where you're going? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's you know, I, I work with clients and their chakras and we want to make sure that and the throat chakra is one of the big ones. I, People always come to me and they want to like, I, 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 my heart and my gut and I can't trust them. Like, are you being honest with yourself? And I think for me, that's one of the first steps. Am I being completely honest with myself? Why I'm doing what I'm doing? And if I'm not, then why, why are you doing it? What's the purpose? That's how I put my ego aside. It's like, are you being, and, and I'll admit having to show symptoms, there is a little bit of an ego, but I, I, once I sit down and talk to my guests, I'm like, Oh wow. Are so cool, and then I feel honored that they're here. Um, well, we feel honored too. 
And we care about the audience and we care about you. I'm sure I can with for everybody. Well, thank you. I appreciate you that. Don't up, you don't end up in these shoes without that in here and in here. Uh, well, we have a question from the audience. Uh, Ken Taylor is asking, when do you know when to give up on something to move forward? Hmm. That's a really good question. My husband asks me that question a lot because I'm an extremely tenacious person. I, I told you my, my father's name is Ken, by the way. Um, Ken and my mom is Barbie. I, my parents' names are really Barbie and Ken. Are you serious? Yeah, but yeah, spelled different than Barbie. Barbie with a Y. It's not Barbie with a Y. But um, my dad, he never told me I could do anything I wanted to do. But he always told me that winners never quit and quitters never win. And so I became this tenacious person. When I was in high school, I wanted to be a pom-pom girl. And I practiced and I practiced. And my father would just come in and see me practicing for my tryouts. And he'd be like, wow, are you done practicing? I'm like, no, I have to be the best. And really, truly, I probably was the best. But I practiced and I cared and I wanted that really badly. So I just didn't give up. You know, uh, Michael Jordan, uh, he uh, he was not a good basketball player. He did not make the varsity basketball team. His brother did and he did not. And you know how he bridged that gap? He practiced. He had to want it more and he had to practice more. And, you know, I mean, the rest is history. What can I say? But um, usually I know when I should abort the mission when I see that I have a light at the end of the tunnel that is someplace not where I expected it. You know, I'm, I'm striving for the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm tunneling. I'm going, going, going. And all of a sudden I see this other light and then I have to assess that. And sometimes I say to myself, oh my gosh, that fits. That's a fit. And then I do it. And so sometimes I give up on one thing to go in another direction. Um, I know this year, I, I right now, I never thought I would work on a documentary for Turner Classic Movies on Mickey Rooney. I knew who Mickey Rooney was, and he's a fascinating person, but I'm working on that right now. And um, also with the same other executive producer, we're working on uh, and this is funny because I almost said it at the beginning of the interview. We were talking about through the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, all these people that were on TV. And so that's what the show is. That's wow. what we're going to do. And, and we believe we know what, what channel is going to take that show from us. So, so yeah, that, we're going to start working on that in February. First time you know, the Ecuador, um, you know, uh, COVID-19 willing. I'm going to go to Ecuador and we'll see how it goes. Cause I, I have a serious bucket list and I want to go to Galapagos islands and my bucket list is getting real small now. Cause I think I, I think I told you I have traveled a lot. I think yeah. how I kind of told you that. Um, you used the term old soul a couple of times. What, what does that mean to you? I think it means to me that you are, kind of a eternal being and you're just looking at things, not just on the surface for glamor. You're, you're really 
you're really looking and feeling and knowing things. And sometimes as an old soul, when you're a young person, you don't know why you know certain things, but you just know those things. And I think a lot of times people ignore things. I think we all get ideas or just even thoughts that pop into our minds and we just let those thoughts go because we don't see the immediate relevance or that's not really going to get me where I want to go today. Well, we need to pay attention to those things. We need to be a little soulful. We need to use our mind, our body, our spirit. And I think a lot of times people just don't do that. I mean, we can find a lot of people that aren't healthy. And right now, um, I think a lot of people need to get healthy because we're in for a fight against COVID right now. It's not going away. And um, I, I don't believe I've had it. <laughs> I don't believe I've had it. But I think if I got it, if I, you know, I'd have to first be unlucky to get it because I am very good at washing my hands and things like that. But um if I if I got unlucky and got it, I would get sick and then I'd get well. You know, I have no fear of it. I don't have a fear. So I think I'm okay. And I I don't know, last actually last January I was in Southeast Asia and I did get a fever for eight hours and then I got a respiratory cough for six weeks. And by the time the antibody tests were available, that was over three months later when I finally got one and they said I didn't have the antibodies. But now I'm also seeing that a lot of these tests are maybe not accurate. I mean, we have another question from the audience for you. Uh, okay. This is from Barbie. She says, how do you balance all you do with caregiving and keeping your marriage strong? Good question. It's actually easier during COVID because I'm with my husband more. Uh, we would find each other in different cities more often before COVID. But, you know, I just, I just, it's, it's gratitude. And then what that gratitude causes me to do and what to express. I think that's, I think that's really it. I think. We have to, we have to have an attitude of gratitude. If we're not, we're missing out. Um, we're just not, we're just not taking our life where, where it needs to go. If you're not appreciating the good things in your life, your life's not going to be good very long. When you don't appreciate things, they go away. And when you do appreciate things, they get better and better. And so I appreciate my husband and I don't always agree with him. I have my moments where I'm not too happy with him, but he knows. I always say, you know what? It, it, I'm sorry. I guess I can say this. He's a pissy little bitch. He really <laughs> is. And I love him so much. And I'll say, gosh, you're a pissy bitch. Gosh, I don't think you could be any more wrong, but I love you every minute. <laughs> I, I, uh, you're in He's very metrosexual and oh my God, he's just, you know, and, and he says, every woman wants a man who's tidy. Every woman wants this. Every woman wants that. Well, you got to meet Christian before the show started. So for everybody who's watching Christian, uh, not just my partner, but he's also my business partner. So he does, uh, he, he 
chimes in before the show starts to make sure that lighting is correct and the camera is right. But he also gets a chance to meet our guests and, and chat with them. Um, we like to do warm up the conversation before the show starts, and he helps out with that part of the show. So he, could, but yes, it, while you walked away to get your tea, we were having a little spat about something, and 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 I had to be like, you know, well, screw you. <laughs> those are classy. Those are classier words than what I used. But I was like, screw you. Like, what are you? What are you talking about? But but yes, I always tell him like, right now I don't like you. I always love you, but right now I just don't like you. I'm gonna walk away from this. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's charming. But you, you both are. You both are. But you would, you would, you would like my husband. I can tell you. I can tell you. You would like him. He's, he's just, he's just really funny that way. Christian and I uh, thrive, I think, because of our sense of humor. We, we like, we like, and we accept that we tease each other and we harass each other and we laugh at each other and at ourselves, which makes it hilarious. Uh, COVID would not have been. As in, and I say this in quote, as enjoyable, had not because he made it so much fun. We, he just plus he follows me in any craziness I go on. So that's that's what better do you want in a partner? And I mean, Ken and Barbie are another great example of a perfect like couple. They they no matter what goes on, they they stick it through. That's perfect. We're gonna have them on the show. I'm gonna have them on the show at some point together. Um, so we're at the 45 minute mark for everybody watching. Uh, again, you're watching Put It Together Conversations. I'm your host, Andrew Chigarza, and today my guest is the wonderful Dr. C, and we're talking about life and persistence and old souls. And usually at this point is where I ask my guest to share some uh, words of wisdom with uh, with the audience. So, Dr. C, what words of wisdom do you have to share? Well, I have a lot, but probably the biggest one, and something that you know, I've alluded to throughout your show, I've been led to, to speak about this. Your life is the sum of your decisions. Your life equals your decision. Every single one. Do you want to go forward? Do you want to go sideways? Do you want to go backwards? Because you make a bad decision, you're going to go backwards. Oh, Jolie is here. Would you like to meet one of my daughters? Hey, Jolie. Come on, Jolie. Here comes one of my daughters. This is Hello. not before this is the other one. Oh, okay. Yes, Jolie. Oh, here comes Jewel. We might have two here, but I really think that uh, your life is the sum of your decisions. Life is what you make it. Here's Jewel. Jewel. Jewel just loves mommy. She's so sweet, but she's daddy's girl, and this is mommy's girl. God. Special girls. Very special girls. Very smart. Oh, therapy dogs, and they're very smart, and they're just so loving. So full of love. And you didn't hear them bark once. They're such good girls. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. Such good girls. Such good girls. They want to hang out with mommy. So really, your life is the sum of your decisions. Life is what you make it. Suffering is optional. Suffering is optional. You can always reframe things. Look at things differently. And, um, okay, I'm going to let your, I'm going to let everybody else give theirs. And then I got a story for you. Okay, uh, let me get out of here. Uh, one other thing that I, uh, well, there's another question that I have for you because you've done so much. Uh, and even in 2021, I still feel like there's not a, a balance between females and males as far as 
pushing them. Like we, we, I, I still feel like we push kids, boys more than females. Um, but if there's a girl out there, whatever age that is having some doubts about going after their dreams and goals, which is ultimate, the ultimate, uh, it's, it's our goal here at the show. What would you tell them? Well, I would tell them that you can do what you want to do. You can do it. You have to make sure that's what you really want. You have to decide what you really want and what you're willing to do to get that. And you align yourself with that. You know, I mean, I guess there are people that want to be actresses out there. What are you really willing to do to do that? For me, there was a lot I was not willing to do. For me, there was not. So, um, and there are people that will sell their souls and a lot of them. So you have to decide, is this really what I want? You have to really think through it. What's going to happen on my path? And, you know, even if you do get what you want, a lot of what you get may not be a lot of fun or desirable, but I, I'm still big on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And you probably studied that when you were a kid before you graduated high school. And I'm still big on it. You want to get to self-actualization. And if you're really not contributing to the lives of other people with what it is that you want to do, if you're really not making the world a better place for people, and, and I don't mean hurting some people and helping some people. I mean, if you're not making the world a better place, you should probably rethink what it is that you want to do because that thing, you should be contributing to the plus side of, you know, the, the spreadsheet. You should be doing that because that's when you're going to feel good and you don't want your life to be, oh my gosh, I woulda, I shoulda, I coulda. You want it to be, you know, something, something that you're proud of so that you can sleep at night. At least I do. You know, that's, uh, it's interesting you say that. My, my mom, uh, once I became a little older and she was like, okay, I can't spank you anymore, but, uh, if I did something and I know I did something bad, at the end of the night, she would tell me, if you can go to bed tonight, put your head on the pillow and not feel guilty for anything you did today, then go to bed. And usually that would be the other, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I did something bad. And, and, my mom just passed away this last August, but oh, it, it, it's, uh, I'm 50 years old now. And to this date, that, that is what gets me. At the end of the day, I usually tell myself, like, Garza, are you comfortable going to bed? And usually I bring that up when I know I've done something or said something that I'm like, ah, oh, you're going to regret this. Like, go fix it before you go to bed. Send that email, uh, send that text, even if it's one o'clock in the morning. Because I want to go to bed and know that I've, I've done my best to make the best. And Christian and I are very big on that. It's like, are we moving the dial forward somehow? Any any, any level, as long as you're moving the dial forward, and, and, and then we're happy. If that makes sense? Absolutely, it makes sense. It makes sense. I can tell that you guys have a purpose. You know, I when I met Christian, I could see that he was he was, you know, working with purpose. We have to have a purpose to what we do or else we are left empty. You don't want to be left empty. And I think you're saying that just with different words. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a couple more minutes, but my last question, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, 
because you've done so much, if you saw you on the street, how would you describe yourself? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I'm pretty confident. Um, I walk like a, a black belt because I am. So if I saw me on the street, I would know I was not a victim because I used to get attacked before I started martial arts. So that is um, a very telling thing right there. Uh, I don't know. I think people don't often understand who I really am. But when I meet somebody that looks like me and sounds like me, I say, I got to give this person 90 days. I hope this is one of my bookends. I hope this is one of my people. And I don't know what animal I'm looking at. It looks like my animal. But, you know, let's give it 90 days and see if that person is the same animal that, that I am. And boy, when it is, I got, I got a friend. I got a winner in my life. And I am really blessed with people. I meet some great people. But, you know, people misunderstand me. And I've been on thousands and thousands of dates to marry the people that I married. But all three of them came from dating services. And do you know why, Daniel? I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because when people meet me, they don't know what I am. And so if they read about me first, this person has a Ph.D., this person likes this, doesn't like that, you know, this is where she's going, this is where she's been, then that information alone gets me in the door. I can get in the door. The question is, for what? What am I going to get? And I don't want anything that's not authentic and really valuable. I don't want it. Yeah. We, we sound very unlike um Christian and I met on a dating service and, yeah. and, the, and I did, and the, at the beginning, I didn't want to date. I just wanted to meet people. I wanted yeah. to just hook up. I was out of a bad relationship. I was like, I, I don't want a boyfriend. But here we are eight years later. So it's, it's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go for well, that never happened to me. That never happened to me. If, if, um, if people didn't have good intentions, it didn't go anywhere anywhere at all the people that i married really wanted to get into a relationship that was committed and you know definitely that was definite so uh, so uh, but yeah you you're we have different versions of the same thing i was i'm always about yes i i the only people i dislike are people who are low effort if you are if you're just coasting through it, it, it annoys me. It, 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 and, I, and I think because it just comes from the standards my, pa- my parents had on me. It's like, hey, you got to work for what you want. you got to go for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I had to work for what I wanted. But, you know, um, I call that sleepwalking. You call it what you call it. See, that's why you should always read books from a lot of different authors because – Somebody might be giving you really great advice, but you can't hear it. And then somebody says it a different way. And bam, you just all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, I was right on the cusp of understanding that. And now it, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. So, but I guess yeah. I'm, I'm right with you, especially when I when I was doing more um, marketing and events and promoting and doing promotion for companies, the people that I would hire uh, – I, I, in the in the interviews, I would always say I I don't like low effort. So just so you know that when we start, if you're going to work for me, 
you're going to work with me. I expect a hundred percent. Like don't, don't show up if you're not ready to work. And I love it. But they, they knew that I would treat them well and I had a lot of return uh, employees. So that, that's always a good thing. Some days you need to stay in bed, but if you're going to show up, at least, at least give your best, right? That's right. That's it's like, don't give me a, a, a crumbling taco. Give me a hard taco. Give me something I can eat. And if, you know, and another shameless plug for Decide Your Future, Right Directed Star in Your Life. If you don't know where to start, my best advice is get started. You got to get started. Start thinking about something. You might not have exactly the right question that you're asking yourself, but if you get on the path, you're going to find it because you're going to be going forward and then you're going to see, oh my gosh, what an opportunity. That actually, that's actually even better than what I thought for myself. Because sometimes we don't always think of the best thing for ourselves. We don't always. Yeah. Well, with that bit of information, thank you so much for being on the show. We're, we're running, we're coming up to the hour. Uh, it has been such an interesting, uh, such a great conversation. I, I, yeah. once you get your projects out, please come back and join us again. And, and then, yeah, please, uh, please check me out on social media and Instagram. I'm Dr. C, D O C T O R C I E. My, Website is d-o-c-t-o-r-c-i-e.com. And, uh, you just can type in Dr. C the way, the way it looks, dr period c-i-e on Facebook if you want to find me there. I've got a lot of social media, but those are, those are the key ones, I guess. That'll get you in the door. And for all of those, all of you that follow us, you know that once, uh, I'll go back and put all the information, um, on our site. So if you're on Facebook, or on YouTube, go to the descriptions and you will find, uh, I only read a portion of her bio. So go there and check out the rest of the bio plus all the links. And, uh, hopefully she'll be back on the show at some point. I'd love to have you back and talk a little bit more. Uh, for now, don't go anywhere. Let me just say goodbye to everybody. For everybody watching, uh, thank you for joining us. It's been another great episode of Putting Together Conversations. I'm your host, Daniel Jagarza. Remember, we are here every Saturday at noon and five o'clock PM. Pacific Standard Time with a different guest on every episode. On Wednesdays, we have the Christian and Daniel show at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And on Fridays, it's the Card Devo uh, doing card readings for you folks at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Also, remember, uh, she is going to be on the cover of I Pain Living. So make sure you go get your copy. This is my copy. This is my, I was on there uh, last year. Uh, so we're going to put the description so you can order your own copies uh, when it comes out and make sure you check it out. We want to thank Ken and Barbie for that. Uh, I'm, I'm so uh, grateful to have been, to be part of the IPEN, IPEN living family. So go check that out. For now, I want to thank you and Dr. C for being here with me today. Thank you for a wonderful conversation. This is Daniel G. Garza saying, hey, put it together. to put it together on iTunes, Stitcher, and at abnormalentertainment.com slash put it together.
Vine put it together on Facebook and tweet Daniel at Lil Mexican, L-I-L-M-E-S-I-C-A-N. And for more podcasts, comics, books, movies, and more, head to abnormalentertainment.com. You've been listening to the Abnormal Entertainment Network.